Hey everyone. Or <clears throat> trying to see if there is other people in the room right now. Nice. All right. <clears throat> well, everyone, welcome to the uh, Oregon Libertarian Podcast. My name is Will Hobson. Uh, in addition to being a shameless grifter, I'm also the vice chair of the Libertarian Party of Oregon. Uh, but just uh, FYI, I am not speaking as the vice chair of the Libertarian Party of Oregon during uh, this podcast or any future episodes. Any views that I express on this podcast are my own, of course, and don't represent uh, any of the views of the Libertarian Party of Oregon. So <clears throat> I am just speaking as a, an everyday member of the state party, or excuse me, of the, yeah, of the state party. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm just kicking this off. I'm going to uh, try to, I guess, uh, take some calls. Uh, I think people can call in. I know a lot of you are probably new to this app. This app does have a feature where you can uh, jump in a queue to be a caller if you want to talk to me about some issues that you think are important. Uh, this is going to be the test episode, the pilot. This might be a little rough. Uh, I've never done this before, and um, I'm reserving the right to delete this episode if it's uh, unlistenable. So, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. Um, a little bit of, about myself. Uh, I am a uh, ex-Democrat uh, from about 12 uh, years ago. Uh, left uh, after grudgingly voting for Obama because McCain was the obvious war criminal where Obama wasn't, and uh, was uh, proven that my any loyalty to the Democratic Party was uh, flawed and. Uh, yeah, wandered the political desert for a little while, found Peter Schiff. And if you don't know who Peter Schiff is, he is uh, a really uh, uh, stock market focused, like Austrian economist. I found the Peter Schiff was right video um, after seeing that video and thinking, well, this guy obviously knows uh, what's going on with economics. I'll follow him. And uh, from him, I discovered Tom Woods. And from Tom Woods, I discovered Scott Horton and Dave Smith and, uh, you know, all the basically the entire liberty movement kind of spawned from there. So, um, yeah, I've uh, listened to his shows pretty much since day one. Um, and, yeah, I am, yeah, wanting to, you know, I wanted to do this podcast because I felt like um, we don't really have a chance to connect uh, very easily. Uh, it, the, the, the membership of the party doesn't have a chance to connect with what's going on uh, politically in the state, with uh, what candidates are being run, what issues are being focused on, who's who, what activists is doing what. I uh, want to use this podcast to get information out to people, give us a chance to, you know, know, and find out about each other, honestly. Um, and I've really enjoyed my work uh, in the party, uh, trying to bring people together um, and make, you know, kind of create a community of like-minded people, because we, there are not a lot of us 
in this state. And honestly, we lose libertarians in the state of Oregon every day, I feel like, to other states. So we've got to, we've got to, you know, find our, find our clan and, you know, we got to work together. Uh, and yeah, that's what I kind of want to do here. And uh, subject matter is pretty open. Um, you know, politics, political strategy, what's in the news, you know, some philosophy thrown in history. Uh, I don't mind co covering pretty broad topics. Um, it's really inappropriate. I'll just say thanks, but no thanks. But uh, yeah, um, gonna check the right now the all my uh, options for the room. I think I've caller queue. Allow participants to call in. Okay, cool. All right. Participants can call in. I'm still learning the app myself. I've seen uh, Glenn Greenwald and Jimmy Dermat Taibbi use this app pretty well for their call-in shows. And um, uh, can uh, anyone in the chat let me know if the, my mic sounds good and all that? I do need to ask to make sure. Again, type in a little message or give me a thumbs up. Let me know if the mic is acceptable. I do have some nicer mics, but right now I'm just using my my nice uh, nicer um, smartphones mic. So if it's atrocious, I want to know so I can set up the good mic for next time for sure. Hmm. But uh, all right. Not seeing anything in the chat yet, but um, okay. Well, if I am by myself, uh, I'm going to uh, read some news articles for you. And because I'm just that guy, probably just gonna pick some stuff out from uh, Zero Hedge. Because even though a lot of people make fun of me for still going to it, it's still pretty much my favorite news source <laughs> i i don't not a fan of the comments so don't get involved in the comment section because this comment section is hot hot garbage but uh still like some of the stuff gets brought up here um oh i've got a caller good all right as i hadn't picked anything out yet sorry <laughs> we'll be more prepared next time uh, i'm gonna take the first caller hey nick thanks for calling in you can unmute your mic uh, hey, Will, how's it going? Going good. Uh, thanks for being my first caller. Yeah, I wanted to talk today about the Oregon uh, ballot measure 114. I don't know if you've had a chance to to see that one yet. Uh, I haven't, no. That's the want... firearm one that they're, it's going to be on the ballot on uh, November 8th. Oh. And... Uh... Oh, I'm sorry. I was clicking on this and it said something about gray wolves. And I was like, oh, that can't be it. That's, but that was from 2020. I, um, I may have said the wrong one. Let me see. Yeah, Oregon ballot measure 114. 114. <laughs> Oregon ballot measure 114. Okay. Well, why don't you uh, give us some specifics about it while I'm uh, trying to bring it up? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so it's, it seems like it's a pretty restrictive uh, bill. It's going to require permitting. So every single firearm that's purchased in the state, so say you you know you want to go buy a shotgun, you've got to go pay to get it permitted kind of in the same way that the, 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 the concealed carry works, but it would be local. 
And then you also have to pay for extra classes on top of that in order to get it. Uh, and so there, there's a whole bunch to it. It's not even just that, too. Let me try and pull up more. Yeah, was this on the mag- oh, Yeah, was this on the Oregon Catalyst uh, news site? I think I saw something about that on there. No, I'm, I'm not sure. Let me see. When so I type one. in Oregon ballot measure 114, it shows up on Ballotpedia. Okay. And that gives yeah. the text of the bill. Yeah, so I remember reading something to the effect that uh, a bunch of uh, law enforcement people weighed in on that and said that they are just not the resources available to uh, provide the education that would be required for this ballot measure. Was that uh, incorrect? Yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to to bring up and and see if what other people thought because uh, I you know my friend who I who I talk to about this stuff thinks that that will never pass. But with a lot of the current things going on in politics, I'm actually really concerned that it's going to pass. Uh, so I wanted to see if other people had thoughts on it. Yeah, um, I, I'm just trying to remember. I'm trying to recall uh, what I read uh, earlier. Sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead. Would you like me to read the the uh, like what it says uh, a vote of yes supports and what a vote a vote of no says? Yeah, if it's brief, go ahead. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so it says it requires permits issued by local law enforcement to buy a firearm. Uh, it requires photo ID, fingerprints, safety training, criminal background check, and fee payment to apply for a permit. It prohibits manufacturing, importing, purchasing, selling, possessing, using, transfering ammunition and magazine, excuse me, ammunition magazines capable of holding more than 10 rounds, uh, making that a misdemeanor. And then a vote of no, obviously, would uh, say no. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm on Ballotpedia now, too. I don't, man, that is such a bold move. By the anti-gun lobby, I, I really think that a lot of the one of our saving graces here is sometimes uh, the people that want to restrict our liberties go are a little too enthusiastic and try to go too whole hog. They try to turn the the knob up, you know, like five degrees on the burner instead of two on the boiling frog analogy. That actually doesn't actually wouldn't actually exist in real life, but the. Uh, yeah, um, I don't I think this is a bridge too far and it's moving a little too quick and it's going to get shot down, um, too. Although I there's a there's a small chance, I think, that it could it could squeak by. But uh, if it did, I mean, it it's almost kind of like they are or they're begging the opportunity for people to start engaging in just straight up agorism and just be like, I think. The laws are unjust, and they're 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 no longer you know fit for purpose or to be followed. I'll just black market my you know what I'll I'll just become a criminal, I guess, and just you know in their eyes, but you know just I'll just buy what I have to. Like this will really encourage people, like law the law abiding citizens. This will move them into the counter economy. Faster than anything I could, I could think to do. And people that would normally not engage in the counter economy, you know, like conservatives that are like, well, I'm not going to go and, you know, buy, you know, ecstasy, you know, from the guy in the trailer. But, man, if he's selling magazines, I can no longer get. 
maybe that's what, you know, finally brings those two people together. And I really think they're playing with fire by moving quite this fast, uh, uh, you know, against uh, gun rights. Um, I know they, they, they tried to do that uh, about a year or so ago. Some special interest group was uh, trying to raise the tax on like kegs, uh, uh, like kegs of beer and like wine into like the several thousand percent they were they were trying to raise it up like an astronomical amount and i was even talking to people who are hopelessly blue-pilled and and vote for you know their party you know down ticket all the way uh you know democrats here in oregon that are, are friends of mine and family members and they were just like uh this will not stand i'm gonna go to a meeting and and, and demand action about getting these taxes uh, making sure they never get past committee or go any farther. And I was like, wow, like when it's something they care about, they're on top of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of, yeah. That, that was actually a part, part of my thing too, is that it, it, if I wonder if it, if it was something that we should be organizing protests against or whatever, just to let people know that that's something that we're against. Um, You know, uh, sadly, guns are not one of my subjects i'm like super well learned at i think though i know enough to realize that yes we should definitely make a statement in opposition um but being that i am the way that i am i i almost would i would almost consider you know a bit of sarcasm in our messaging saying like do it see how quickly see how quickly the <laughs> the the black market comes to swoop in to provide you know like we Prohibition didn't work with alcohol, with, you know, uh, with marijuana, with a myriad of products that humans want to purchase. Why would it work with guns? And right. I, I, I really think that you know, almost goading them into, into action on this would, like, give the moment a pause. They'd be like, whoa, wait, the gun people actually want us to do this? But we're not going to do it then, you know. Like maybe some reverse psychology would work on them, but uh, I almost, yeah, I almost consider it like this is, this will, this will usher in agorism. And for people that don't know what the meaning of agorism, agorism is basically just um, the avoidance of the state, uh, and essentially, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it a lot, but like the avoidance of the state and and doing, uh, engaging in a counter economy. Uh, and just leaving the state out of all of your interactions. So yeah, that's uh, one of the things. Yeah. That's one of the things that concerned or bothered me a lot about the situation was that doing the numbers on how much the fees and the and the classes cost. You go to buy, you know, a shotgun. Say you need something for home defense for your home. You're poor. You know, you have to buy like a two hundred fifty dollars shotgun. The fees and the classes are going to cost you two three hundred bucks. So that's going to like the tax. You know, essentially, a tax is going to double the cost of that firearm. Right. And the police officers aren't going to want to get in this like they <laughs> they're not going to be like, oh, we have to hunt down criminals who are buying <laughs> guns now. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't want to like drop the F-bomb on my very first episode, but F that man, like like they're especially when, you know, maybe some really took authoritarian cops or, or something in in in. You know, or maybe the uh, the state police, or maybe you know the fusion centers with the FBI, they would do stings and and such. You know, from uh, time to time, 
But I got to imagine the average, like, sheriff in rural county is going to be like, no, like this. And it sounded like they are. And, you know, it never put it past them if they have, like, a tyrannical, like, city council that's, like, you know, holding their their paycheck hostage. Never, you know, count them out. You know, never assume that they're going to take the best road. But I have to imagine there's going to be a lot of uh, noncompliance on law for a large section of the law enforcement, uh, you know, community in, in, in Oregon, even that that's going to be like, it's not worth my life, you know? And I, I think right. that's the one, one of the things like maybe COVID enforcement was, um, what there wasn't like the threat of like a family at Thanksgiving coming out, you know, with, you know, uh, <laughs> with the shrimp fork, you know, at, you know, the law officer, you know, for breaking up, you know, maybe there wasn't that much threat, but going after somebody who's willing to buy guns on the black market, there's a very special type of psycho that's willing to do that. And I, I, I don't think it's ever, you know, I don't think it's most police officers. I think most police officers are, uh, do have some level of self-preservation. <laughs> If not goodness and like respect for, you know, liberty and freedom, they want to stay alive. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I say that to, to overly zealous people on Twitter sometimes when they suggest something very authoritarian. I'm like, are you willing to put on boots and defend that? Because no, that's what you're saying. That's what you're asking. No. And you know what? Uh, that is one of the blessings I, I, tr I trying to remind people is that we are up against huge pussies. Like we are, <laughs> we are, we are blessed with having giant pansies for enemies. Like we are not up against like some crazy shit, like authoritarian. Oh, there you go. I have swore. Anyway, uh, some crazy uh, authoritarian, um, you know, militarized force, uh, you know, that's endemic throughout the population. We're not fighting like uh, Nazi Germany, which was training pretty much every able-bodied male to be, you know, a soldier that was like high on PCP. We're, we're up against, you know, urbanites that were afraid to put on, uh, you know, to take off their masks for like two years. So uh, I'm not super worried uh, about... Yep. But there are definitely – they definitely have enough wealth and power and control that they could command people to do their bidding, but only to only to so, so much extent. So, Yeah, to add one point to that, one of the things that uh, my, uh, my wife uh, – I won't tell you where she works, uh, but she works for a federal agency. Those of you who know me know, know who it is. Uh, but she told me that there are, there are law enforcement officers at the place that she works, right, that, that deal with the kind of stuff that she does. And they, they have a whole seminar about the fact that – not a seminar, but involved in their safety meetings that they find leftist extremists out in the Oregon forest essentially trading. Trading? Training, like training oh, with weapons, oh. all legal yeah. stuff. You know, So they're, they're encountering them, exercising their God-given rights and stuff like that. But uh, – and I, it's just a story just from, you know, my wife, but it gave me a lot of pause when I heard that. Mm. All right. Well, maybe it's time to start doing a few push-ups. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I say, yeah, I say that all the time. You know, I, I definitely don't want to be like, that's nothing to worry about. You know, like I'm kind of a perpetual worrier. So like they're probably 
it probably is some stuff to worry about in that front, but uh, I think we've got a big head start uh, and maybe uh, now's the time to, you know, protect your community and start thinking about how you'd, how you'd do that. Um, well, thanks so much, Nick. Story, uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, gonna move on. Actually, how do I do that? All right. Okay. Yes. Now, all right, we'll take the next caller, Pablo, or Poblock at least is here. I assume it's Pablo. Yeah, it is. Hello. Sorry, a little out of breath. I'm uh, in the gym, actually, but I, I hear that there's a date and a place for uh, the LPO 20 convention. Could you uh, talk a little bit about that? Sure, Pablo. Let me find that out. Uh, the, the exact specifics really quick. Uh, I believe that the... Uh, the committee uh, that is handling uh, Oregon, the Libertarian Party of Oregon's 2023 state convention is um, gravitating towards the uh, Best Western Agate Beach Inn. And the exact address for that is uh, 3019 North Coast Highway, Newport, Oregon. And we have not yet quite inked, the, inked it, but I think we're getting close. Uh, this state party is going to need to put down a couple thousand dollars for this, uh, this venue. But, uh, and we're thinking about doing that at the end of May, I guess on, uh, Memorial Day weekend, um, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, we really like that place. We're going to try to, you know, have a little bit more of a, uh, well built out convention. I know last year's was, uh, a little on the cheap and a little bit uh, scrappy, but uh, we were definitely low on funds and uh, it, it was successful. So we did get enough libertarians in a room, you know, almost like Einsteinium, like it can only exist for a little while, but we were able to get enough libertarians in a room for a day that we were able to get quorum for the first time in over 10 years as a was state it, party, a which, um, yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was my first yeah. interaction with LPO. And uh, I think it was magical. Like you had comedian Robbie the Fire there. I I'm looking forward to to having other interesting guests maybe in 2023. Like I would love to see Tom Woods in Oregon. I hear he's never been. So yeah. uh, any anything we can do to help support sort of like that kind of guest? Or is anyone else in the chat have ideas on who they want to see at the 2023 uh, LPO convention? Yeah, I mean, yeah, feel free to like drop it in the chat. There's a little chat uh, area where you can drop uh, chats and messages. Um, yeah, I, yeah, we have a lot of what we like to call celebrity, celebritarians now in the party uh, uh, that, uh, you know, have, you know, pretty big followings. And uh, I think that definitely helps galvanize energy, brings in people who might not normally make it out to their state party. Uh, convention helps bring them out um yeah it gives us uh, a sense a sense like we're doing things we're building a culture we're building a movement um one of the the things i think that's been uh really hard for the libertarian party nationally statewide and all, all together has been the fact that after the presidential elections everyone just kind of pieces out and goes to the four four corners of the earth and just you know either becomes despondent and gives up or, you know, just kind of goes dormant for several years. And uh, that's not a really great way to build momentum or, or I think build like long-term 
uh, movement. So uh, I definitely think uh, not making the presidential campaign the uh, the only focus is important going forward. People definitely need, you know, something that's kind of evergreen to do. And, uh, you know, having the presidential campaign uh, be that uh, every four years is it's not healthy for a growing movement. So, yeah, we should be. Well, in addition to it, we should be doing other things. Yeah, great, great ideas. Like, I'm really excited. I'm so glad that we have a date. Um, yeah, I'm going to go back to uh, listening uh, so I can lift weights so I don't look or think like a neocon. So uh, thank you very much for hosting this podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Pablo. We should all not look like neocons. Everyone shave their mustache right now. All right. That was a John Bolton reference. Sorry. If you have a mustache, I'm sure it's great. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, we are. Um, yeah, I, I guess I should uh, give a little bit of uh, an idea to people that aren't familiar with the Libertarian Party of Oregon. If this is your, if you're listening in, you're like, what the heck is the Libertarian Party of Oregon? Like, um, we are basically the state level uh uh, group of the Libertarian uh, Party uh, apparatus for Oregon. We are, our job is to, you know, assist candidates in elections, uh, to hold elections for party officers, to uh, provide resources for building county, uh, state, county affiliates. And um, at the end, or around the middle part of next month, we are going to have a public policy board where Finally, for the first time in over a decade, the Libertarian Party of Oregon will actually be able to make public policy stances on issues. So we were actually limited from doing that from our bylaws, which were put in place by members of the Libertarian Party of Oregon for many years ago. And we're not going to rehash why that was a good idea. Was that a good idea? What not? Anyway, the, the delegates uh, at our state convention voted for it uh, to 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 adopt uh, it as a potent, uh, as a ballot for our state party and our state party voted in favor of it. Uh, so we are going to start taking issues on public policy. And if anybody uh, wants to call in and talk about an issue that you think that the state party should uh, have a voice on, start talking out about, love to hear it. Um, uh, but yeah, we are now currently looking for members uh, of, to kind of create a finalized list of people to serve on that board. And that board will recommend issues to submit for public policy uh, and will basically kind of be like the gatekeeper if we the party starts talking about an issue and the public policy board doesn't agree with, with uh, the take on that issue, they can uh, rule to have the, those posts taken down or to have certain posts emphasized so, and uh, actually have certain candidates supported or not by the state party. It's pretty pretty neat function. And I think it was really necessary. I think a lot of people uh, who are not libertarians in Oregon uh, probably have no opinion about the Libertarian Party of Oregon because they've never heard of it or they've never heard it speak out about anything and really would like to change that. I would like at least people to have an opinion, good or bad, about us because having the no opinion because they don't even know of us is uh, it's not a great place to be in. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so those are all things that, uh, yeah, are changing and also have a, uh, a nice internal communication group in our Discord. If you are interested in joining that, um, you can uh, reach out to me uh, at my email. Excuse me. 
Yeah, just reach out at uh, will.hobson at lporegon.org if you're interested in joining uh, our Discord server, which is kind of where the main communication hub. It's got a well over 100 now, I think, members of the Libertarian Party of Oregon. Uh, there's conversations in it, uh, conversations in it every day uh, about a variety of issues. Uh, it's a nice place to find other member, other libertarian members in your county. There's a whole section of like uh, chat rooms for each county in Oregon where you can say hi and see all who's around there. And uh, I think it's going to be really great for uh, as we get ready to push our new affiliate formation strategy here in Oregon here in a couple weeks. Uh, it's going to be very useful for helping kind of form the initial county groups that we are going to need. Um, the, uh, the Libertarian Party uh, nationally is going to be uh, really pulling out the stops to get a lot of media attention uh, in the 2024 presidential race. I know that I just spoke about how we shouldn't focus on that. Um, uh, and uh, I do believe that we should be focusing on local candidate elections, but we are going to be using the presidential race in kind of a unique way. We're going to be uh, really focusing on you know, education, educating people about libertarian ideals, because nobody's going to vote for a libertarian uh, until they're convinced that our ideas are sound and that we are not the crazy, uh, emotionally uh, <laughs> deprived, like Ayn Rand, you know, uh, heartless robots that everyone that does have an opinion of libertarians always portrays us as. I actually think we're probably the more altruistic of the political parties. But uh, in order to get people uh, that perception to other people, we're going to have to do some major uh, messaging uh, nationally. And yeah, in some ways that maybe we're, uh, we haven't done yet. Uh, I really feel that we can, <clears throat> that we are set up now with the new, um, the new leaders of the Libertarian Party uh, nationally and uh, with a lot of our state parties, we are set up to really try out some new strategies. And, you know, they're not all going to work like, you know, a lot of the strategies over the last 50 years haven't worked. Uh, but I am willing to, you know, I want to throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks. I want to start experimenting. And I uh, I hope that in the future, uh, when I suggest a strategy that we might try out, People don't immediately think the worst and think like, oh, well, you're just here to sabotage the party or you're, you know, this is this is crazy. It's going to lose this respectability or this, that and the other. What I want more than anything is I want liberty. I want liberty for myself, for my neighbors, for my family, for random people that I've never met. Uh, I want the party to work for liberty. And if the party can't achieve liberty, it doesn't really have that much value to me because that's what I really value. And while I guess it's nice to have a social like-minded people, and I guess there, there's some value from that, I really want what can be provided by this political party uh, to make you know our lives better and honestly people around the world better. People that know me know that I'm really big on anti-war issues. Um, I, I probably read antiwar.com a little too much and, and stare into probably some of the worst atrocities. You know, humans commit a little bit too much, probably why I have dark circle in my eyes, but I um, I really, I was really attracted to joining the Libertarian Party because of its uh, 
its really staunch anti-war stance and saying, like, this is the worst thing in the world. Why aren't we stopping this? And I really think libertarians have a fantastic moral high ground with which to talk about that, preach about that, you know, and to kind of dispel people from the belief that, you know, we're all, you know, heartless capitalists. Uh, I, I think it's quite the opposite, only, honestly. But <clears throat> I think talking about that, promoting those ideas, uh, working in that space uh, will go a long way to, you know, triggering people's, uh, triggering people out of their cognitive dissonance. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'd love to take some more callers if anybody wants to. Um, by the way, I do need to start uh, shamelessly plugging some things, and I'm going to try to type them in here. Um, if anybody wants to send me a, uh, a little bit of uh, some funds, I am trying to go full time on the slippery business. Uh, I have, you know, before the COVID times, I was a bartender, and that's how I kind of made my money. Um, really don't want to go back to bartending for people that would like to remove me from my job at the a moment's notice or if you know government officials says that it, it's important and destroy my livelihood i'd like to be firmly uh ensconced in the liberty sphere uh so if anybody wants to send me a a tip for all the things that i do i, could, I would sure appreciate it you can uh send one to my, I just dropped uh, some links in the chat. Uh, I've got a strike one where you can send Bitcoin cash. Uh, I've got a buymeacoffee.com slash Will Hobson. Uh, it's an account where you can, if you've got a credit card, uh, send me five bucks if you like. Um, I am also in the works right now of uh, getting into coffee roasting. Uh, I'd like to start a little uh, micro roasting business and, um, yeah, sell libertarian coffee or maybe coffee from Yemen uh, and uh, donate some of those funds to some really great, uh, uh, you know, aid charities, you know, not the United you know, Nations or the World Food Program. Uh, I've got uh, some really cool ideas I want to start developing for that. Um, I, I know there's like Black Rifle Coffee roasting, uh, which is, I, I guess, vaguely libertarian. It's, they seem a little more conservative to me, but uh, I would like to do something yeah, a little different. Uh, maybe showcase some like some different, uh, maybe some different coffees people haven't uh, gotten before, and you know maybe you know in the process also you know support maybe the people in Yemen who need who definitely would uh, <laughs> after this these long seven years war um, would definitely probably appreciate the uh, economic gains from buying their coffee and selling it and everything. So I am working on that, so I will have a product soon to sell hopefully. Uh, Still teaching myself the finer points, so I'm looking into that. Uh, I am based in Cascade Locks, so uh, that is on Highway 84, on the very uh, top of Oregon, right by the Columbia River, uh, right in the Columbia Gorge. Uh, I'm going to read the chat here. Where's Justin Amash at? Um, I think he's Michigan? I thought he was in Michigan. Uh, yeah, um, let's see, probably not gonna do go too much longer just because I do have uh, a couple other things happening. I, uh, to get over, let everyone know, one of my other things that I do is I host a Friday night, uh, libertarian jackbox game night. 
So, uh, and this is for libertarians across the United States. Uh, if you got nothing to do on a Friday night and you want to spend it in some adult-themed humor games uh, online with uh, fellow libertarians, you can join us. I'll grab the link to that and share that with you. Do it on Zoom for now, but I am going to try to acquire a Twitch account so we can stream it.